something for the road. Last of the long bottom leaf. I know you've run out. You smoke too much, Pip. But we'll see each other soon. Branch artifacts. Show us the meaning of haste. Mary! Welcome to Chapter 2. Show us the meaning of haste. This is Return of the King spoilers. Yes. Hey. Sorry, I couldn't resist. It was a pretty obvious theme, I think, for the uh, this chapter. I wanted... <laughs> I wanted to name it Welcome to the Liv Tyler episode of Spoilers, because uh, there's a decent little uh, montage there of Liv Tyler clips. Mm. Oh, my son. Jordan also wrote the intro to chapter one, and I didn't give him props last episode. So, well done. Well, Josh, I would also note that my section is 34 minutes and 57 seconds compared to your <laughs> 33 minutes. So, uh, enough complaining from you. Okay. Timestamps. <laughs> Timestamps. <laughs> so a lot of uh, snapping back and forth in this section. So there's, uh, it might get a little heady in places. Uh, a lot of Gandalf story A, Frodo story B, but we'll get through it. Um, first, uh, Stevie, I think I'm going to come to you on the kind of the Gandalf Theoden strategy download here. Um, can you give us a little summary of... Uh, kind of the moves that are being made in this first part of chapter two. Yeah, Faden's being a little bitch. Um, <laughs> I mean, he literally has seen the destruction of like what was coming to him. Went to Helm's Deep, fell into a deep depression. Aragorn got him out of it. And he should just be like happy to be alive and yep. being thankful to anybody. And Gandalf's like, hey, dude, we should like unite with Gondor figure this out, kill some orcs, and Thaden's all like, fuck Gondor. Where were they? <laughs> Where were they when the Westfold fell? Why is he obsessed with the Westfold? And so... He's projecting, because he wasn't fucking there. Yeah, I know. He was watching mm-hmm. Fox News. Stevie, you know what it is? Dude. What's up? <laughs> they fell. They fell. Yeah, that's that's awesome. But, yeah, Thaden, I mean, he drives me... Let, me... let me put it this way. In the beginning of this movie... He has yet to be the horse master that was promised. He's very Tom Petty. <laughs> Are people behind him? Do people support him? Like, I don't know. He still sucks. It doesn't seem like a democracy in Eridos and the <laughs> Kingdom of Rohan. It's not. He's a king. Yeah, <laughs> He's literally a king. <laughs> it's called a monarchy. I had a huge note in my stuff that was like why are the leaders like the worst people in middle earth yes <laughs> and then i was like had to check myself because like we're just going off trump to biden it's like, <laughs> you could definitely draw similarities between all those <laughs> all the worst people in history have been the leaders yeah. I mean, it's pretty much but okay, first of all let's not compare i know thaden's a little tom petty but Let's not compare Thaden to Denethor. I mean, I know that's kind of what you're going, you're shooting for right now, but I'm not shooting for that at all. He's just being really petty. It's not far off, though. Uh, he's butthurt. I mean, I mean, he did the same thing at Helm's Deep that he's doing now. He's had no character arc. Also, this movie is called Return of the King. It's all about the actual king, the rightful king, and the good one, the one that's going to actually, like, you know, bring peace and harmony back to the land. Kind of reclaiming his throne. 
Bring do you guys realize it's a t- it's a play on like eugenetics or whatever that word is? Like eugenics, eugenics, eugenics. Yeah, Brett yeah. knows that word. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> what if you were on a job for, about to retire? Even you've been there your whole life, the same corporate company, almost about to retire. Got like three le- years left. You're leading this thing, and like all of a sudden, this dude called Strider comes out of the woods and everyone's like yeah he's actually the ceo like that's a tough spot man that's not eugenics that's not eugenics that's at not all e- it's called nepotism <laughs> yeah that's, that's just nepotism i don't dude. know why does aragorn have right to the throne because he has like the blood it's, of, it's the royal line yeah the blood right that's what i'm saying why did aragorn leave in the first place <laughs> well, he was he was gone i mean the the, the lion. Oh, they just didn't know. find him. Like, he was just Ranger. lost. Okay. Pretty much. I mean, I, I don't think he'd been back there in a while. Or it's been know. several generations, right? Yeah, the stewards have been watching over it. They're a different. Oh, okay. They're a lesser line of people, and that's like actually maybe my favorite line of any of the scenes. Probably my favorite line in this little section is when Gandalf like chides him. He says something like. The steward has no right. What does he say? Oh, man. He goes off on him. <laughs> he says something like the steward doesn't get a chance. I mean, oh, God. Dude, he throws that barb where he's like, and he uses his grief as a cloak. I love it. <laughs> like, damn. Yeah. That whole thing is sweet. I got to try to find the line. Go ahead. Sorry. It's uh, where he's like, basically like, you're a steward. You don't have an opinion on who the king is. I mean, like, yeah, that's pretty. I mean, you would imagine that that's a pretty hard and fast rule. Like... Once the king comes back, the steward better get the mm-hmm. fuck out of there or else uh, he could just order a knight to stab you, I guess. I don't know. Oh, yes. Word has reached my ears of this Aragorn, son of Arathorn. And I tell you now, I will not bow to this ranger from the north. Last of a ragged house long bereft of lordship. Authority is not given to you to deny the return of the king, steward. Rule of Gondor is mine, and no others. He's not even sitting in the throne. He's sitting in that little uncomfy chair <laughs> down at the, the bottom of the sidecar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I agree with uh, Stevie though. Theoden is so petty, but also his emotions are just weird. Because in in Josh's chapter, just last episode, he he seems to almost have like a soft spot for Grima. Yeah, a little bit. He tries to get him like, "Hey, climb down, buddy. Come, come back with us. Come on, bud. <laughs> well, it, is it get that? Come on, like honest? On. Do you think, or is is there some like weird motive to try to get information from him too? Or what do you think? I think like when he saw Grima, and this is back in the last part, but like he's like, "Look at how fucking pathetic you are up there, dude." He's like, "Come on, like you know, you you <laughs> did. You don't have to work for this shithead anymore. Like you know, just come be a man." <laughs> Grima. You need not follow him. You were not always as you are now. You were once a man of Rohan. Rohan is a kingdom again. We have jobs. I do like that moment a lot, Jordan. When he's and like the way Brad Dwarf like emotes is just a thing of beauty, really. Is there a reason that Legolas snipes him? Yeah, that was <laughs> he's weird. Stabbing him in the back. <laughs> yeah, no, there's literally no reason for that. Like, why? He's like, the second most evil man in Middle Earth. <laughs> they Give needed the break. information. 
It's in the computer. I think Grima has some of that information, and he just shot him in the heart. <laughs> he was just practicing. He's like, I still got it. <laughs> yeah, Legolas may be like really good at fighting, but he's also a murder machine. Like any opportunity yeah. he gets, he will take. He just wasn't even thinking. He just saw an act of violence off in the distance. I can take care of that and just fight. <laughs> With like more trolls, violence. <laughs> he trolls Gimli with it, like another one. Got him. Is no one is no one picking up this empathy for Denethar with like he's been doing this job for so long and someone just coming out of the woodwork. Like Empathy. I think he's portrayed a little too crazy, but it's almost like some of this Jafar is a good guy. Like he's actually He tried to burn his son alive, Josh, so not in this chapter he didn't. True. No, he just sent him to his death. He still has a little <laughs> bit. He still has a little bit left. Not in this chapter. <laughs> Not in this chapter. <laughs> Does Gandalf know he has a palantir or whatever? Uh, Probably not. I don't, That's a good question. I don't know. He sucks. I mean, there are multiple, so he does suck. The power structure in the political system where there could be a potential return of a king if it's like on the whim of some household bloodline that's like bullcrap like that doesn't make me happy let's come back to the steward easy boys we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here i mean look at the state and condition of osgiliath though i mean they obviously <laughs> need new leadership <laughs> make osgiliath great again yes fix the pothole <laughs> too damn high <laughs> Before we even get to the steward, I think there's a big point here where Gandalf is so pissed at Pippin, but he has to go on a road trip with him. Um, <laughs> Brett, I want to come to you with two questions. Uh, one, I'm going to put uh, pin you as the Pippin character. And has anyone ever, like, let's say, given you a pack of cigs as they're saying you smoke too much? Um, and also, have you ever had to take a, tr- a road trip with someone you've just hated and had to, like, just grin and bear it? Good questions. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. Really putting you on the spot here. Hard hitting news. I don't think anyone's ever given me the SIG thing. I mean, I that that's that question just or sorry, the uh the the scene there just caught me off guard because that's an extended one that I had not seen before. And literally Mary just gives him a pack of weed, the Hobbit weed, and is like, <laughs> You smoke too much, but here you go. Brett was the guy that was always getting SIGs bummed from. Yeah, oh my God. (laughs) Okay, so who have you said it to, I guess, is the better question. I'd be like, oh, it's uh, pretty inconvenient for me that you quit smoking all of a sudden. (laughs) I mean, like, literally, sorry, man. It's like uh, in Half-Baked with Snoop Dogg's like, oh, it's too bad. I just quit smoking yesterday. He's like the guy who comes in puffs, but he won't buy. Uh, Yeah, no, they're always just like, yeah, I'm trying to quit. And be like, oh, that sucks for you, but... Or they'll go to a party. They're going to be up all night and they'll bring 12 cigs. And of course, me, I always, I'm always bringing the heat. I got three packs ready to go. <laughs> Locked and loaded. I don't want to run out. <laughs> Is that what you used to have in your holster? Like a pack of smokes? <laughs> you quit smoking or you quit buying cigs, I guess is the question. <laughs> Who, me? No, I don't. I don't. I haven't had a. No, no, no. The others. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't had anything in 14 and a half months. Oh, boy. Had a boy. Damn. The way I remember it, Brett, was back in the day, people would be trying to quit or, quote, not, I don't smoke cigarettes, but as soon as, like, a couple of drinks were had, just coming coming out of the woodwork like Aragorn asking for kingship cigs. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, Kingship? for sure. And uh, let's see, I don't think so, Jordan. Uh, about the road trip. Yeah, I don't think so. Not not any long trip. I don't think I would go. No, no trips back from Bloomington or anything. We're just like this fucking guy. No, because it was pretty Damn. much just. Oh, you know, no, just no, no, Josh. No, is that what you're gonna say? No, no Brett. No, no, no. Did you ever ride with someone where you said, "I'll never ride with them again"? <laughs> I know you have. <laughs> Do you know who it is? Yes. Oh, you can say it's far and wide. You can drink the whole time dry. But anyways, Gandalf is road tripping with Pippin. Um, and he, he gives us the what I I consider a famous line, the show me the show us the meaning of haste. I love that line and that whole scene. Yeah. Um yeah, it's a good one. Corey, anything there? I mean, not a lot there. It's just, you know I guess in terms of movie, I don't really understand why Pippin has to go. With Gandalf, like I know why Gandalf needs to be a presence at Minas Tirith because of what's going to happen. Like he needs to be there. But Pippin, I don't know necessarily why, and I don't remember the reason in the book. So it almost seems like he doesn't need to go. But protect him. Doesn't Mary say that the Sauron thinks he has the ring? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's like Sauron's moving against Minas Tirith. He's not moving against Rohan. Right. You know. Again, I think in the book, Sauron thinks Aragorn has it, so I don't know what the reason is in the book either, so. Fair. I do love that shot, though, of Pippin just falling asleep while he's on this <laughs> Shadowfax <laughs> horse flying Shadow with haste. Dude, how, how, how could you possibly fall asleep on a horse? Jordan, my <laughs> one problem with the, that line, show the meaning of haste, is he's being so cold to these two, like, basically brothers, hobbits, that are saying goodbye for possibly the last time, and he's just like, Fuck your goodbye. Make haste. Like, well, he just kicks out. It's war. They gotta fucking go. Yeah, they gotta go. Man. <laughs> they gotta get out of there. I mean, frankly, to... he's tired of Pippin's bullshit. That's true. Mm-hmm. Fool of a took. Yeah, he should have never touched that orb. Yeah. I mean, and he knocked that fucking skeleton chain in the well. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy is just fucking up. Gandalf should have destroy Pippin immediately as soon as this adventure started <laughs> like he did with Saruman's staff yeah he's like Pippin your throat is broken <laughs> yeah oh my god so watching a lot of behind the scenes and Denethor's hall was actually a uh, a set built inside of a giant building, a warehouse. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's really cool. And the way they lit it was really cool too. Um, instead of just having lights come down, what they did was they drilled holes in the outer building and then lit those like through the building they built. It's oh. really neat mm-hmm. to like get like the rays of sunlight. Yeah, to and make stuff. it look like rays of sunlight. Oh, that's awesome. And this was like the biggest warehouse they could find in the Queensland area. And, and apparently it was like right next to a train track. So while all these guys are acting, there's just like the oh sound God. of trains driving by. But they wanted to get that like daylight in there. So they're doing it during the day. But just like trains blowing their horn. Train whistle, Jordan. You know all about that. What is this? Elkhart, <laughs> Indiana have the time things between trains. <laughs> Right, so we're we're in 
Mysterious now. Um, we talked about him being a steward. I was really confused about that until I remember that it's kind of to set up the uh, the feud with Aragorn, I suppose. Um, I really like the part where Gandalf is like, just don't don't talk at all. Don't tell him about anything. And then he, he suddenly knows. Pippin kind of comes in with the... Uh, he kind of kneels and like gives a I pledge myself to your teachings kind of line. It's so in weird this. in the movie, right? <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> so like when Pippin comes in and you know he's with Gandalf and they approach Denethor and Denethor's like caressing Boromir's like special horn <laughs> and he's like grieving. Hmm. Um, in it's similar in the book, right? They do approach him like that. He's grieving. He's like, "What the fuck happened to Boromir?" And like. Pippin and Denethor kind of have like a heart to heart in the book and it seems much more natural in the book that Pippin's like you know what for everything your son did for us I'm gonna do what I can for you I'm gonna pledge myself to you just to try to um, pay back for what Boromir did because he saved all our lives but it's just like so abrupt in this book and I think it's meant to make Pippin look like a dumbass even more. But I think Gandalf also rolled like a critical failure perception check when he walked in here. Should he have not seen Boromir's corn <laughs> twine in two or whatever the hell they say? I just, I love it so much. And he's like, what happened to Boromir? And Pippin's just like, he got smoked, bro. He's like, not just one arrow. I'm talking four arrows deep. Perhaps you come to tell me why my son is dead. Boromir died to save us, my kinsmen and me. He failed defending us from many foes. Pippin! I offer you my service, such as it is, in payment of this debt. And that's dialogue, like, straight from the book, but without the surrounding dialogue, it doesn't quite work. (laughs) And, like, Denethor has... The total right to just strike down Pippin at that moment, just because like <laughs> I'll repay you the same debt Boromir paid with his life. It's like okay, well I'll just fucking murder you right here at the throne. Jesus, yeah, Gandalf's not gonna let that happen. Gandalf though. wants that. If anyone's gonna kill Pippin, it's gonna be Gandalf. <laughs> How is the horn of Gondor in just two pieces, perfectly split along the middle? Like it, it had to have been shattered by orcs running over it. No, it broke I, in shipping via FedEx. That's how it got there. So <laughs> Should have ordered it. <laughs> no peanut, no packing peanuts. The- Dude, it's uh, it's magic. I don't know. It's they magic. literally heard the horn from Gondor. True. True. So is Denethor just doing that all the time, or did he do that to use his grief as a cloak? What is he stroking just, the horn? Yeah, just sitting there all day, just stroking his favorite son's <laughs> horn. Hey now. <laughs> I, I honestly think he might. Like he, he he loves Boromir a lot, but he's also like weirdly codependent with Boromir, you know? It's it's like beyond like a father-son love. Like he's like too obsessed with Boromir to the point where he hates anyone that's not Boromir. <laughs> I love the fucking sidecar chair. That's where Boromir rides, bitch. Like, (laughs) did they show that first statue, like on their way out or way in? It looks exactly like Denethor with his mouth open. I don't know if that's special effects, but it looks really cool. 
I oh, doubt someone chiseled a granite statue for that one shot, but wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Oh man. So we we do cut quickly here to uh, a Frodo and Sam scene. Um, pretty depressing. Uh, Stevie, I guess I'll come to you on this one. <laughs> no, I don't think there's much to come to, but we we do cut quickly to that. And Frodo just he says he he doesn't think we'll be coming back. He'll be coming back. He's been trying to say this to Sam for like three months. Like, dude, quit talking about the trip home. Like, even in the beginning of this movie, when he's like, for the trip back, Frodo was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, he, he knows, and Sam just wants to get the title for his book, There and Back Again, all the, or whoever's book it is. <laughs> really, Sam just wants to carry that ring for ten minutes enough to go to the Undying Lands <laughs> at some point? Peter Jackson point. said the scene was supposed to mirror the I've never been this far from home scene, where this time it's Frodo stopping and Sam coming back to, to take him along. Hmm. Hey, that's kind of cool. Like poetry? It rhymes. It rhymes. Wow. So Man. does Frodo think he's going to die on the trip or everybody is going to die? And, <laughs> and Sam isn't making it back home. He's like, dude. This is a really good point, I think. Like, what's the theology of what he's saying here? And what everyone's saying. There's conversations between, like, Gandalf and Aragorn that's like, is Frodo alive or dead? Like, we know we're sending him off on a death mission is what Saruman yells at Gandalf. So, like, what's the deal here? Do people think that just like the act of destroying the ring will cause an explosion that'll kill everyone around or something? Yeah. What's the no. symbology there? <laughs> Thanks. That can't be the conclusion of, of their plan. They just think it's such a hopeless plan that he won't succeed. Like why is everyone so convinced he will die no matter what? And then he doesn't die. So it's like, what are they talking about? I don't think they had any hope. Gandalf says it pretty much. It was a it's pretty grim. bad plan. I mean, the plan was for that fellowship, which failed almost immediately. So, But Elrond I mean, says the ring bearer is beginning to understand that the quest will cost his life. But, but why? What is this understanding? I guess it's a grim hope. He'll get blade. in, but he won't be able to come out probably. But he's never the same though. Yeah, is it that he can't go back to his... Is it that he can't go back to his life in the Shire? Yeah. Like, and he doesn't. He's never happy again. Right. And he hurts every day. So it's a figurative, like, his soul is broken. <laughs> he does, because that stab, that, that wound festers his entire life. It's like when people say they don't come back from war, you know? Like, he's not going to come back from this. Mm. Oh, you took it, like, metaphorically? I always took it, like, the odds are so small that he actually gets there in the first place. And that's kind of the odds I are so I think that's why you're supposedly smaller yeah. that he actually makes it out of there once he gets in it, if that I, happens. I think Pappy's right, though. I think... We talked a little bit about the Great War influence mm. on Tolkien's work earlier on in some episodes, but I think there's a little bit of that, like writing about the traumas of like trench, someone who was in trench warfare for a long time or shell shocked coming back home. Like that's kind of what Frodo is, don't you think? Mm hmm. I mean, if the movie Tolkien is to be believed, at least one of his friends, like who survived the war, was basically fucked up forever like he was never a normal functioning person again like to the degree that Tolkien was I'm not just talking like your regular PSD but like your um your double dose extra kind of PSD <laughs> was that movie any good it looked so boring eh, it was all right <laughs> you have to read the summer really in <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the greatest it wasn't Lord of the Rings you know yeah it was more the Hobbit 
I also heard they didn't focus on a, like some of the cooler aspects of his life. Yeah, they were very focused on the love story. But the more interesting stuff was, was his relationship with his friends. And his friends were all like him. Like they were all like artists who like wanted to change the world in their own way. And they were going to. C.S. Lewis. That's pretty cool. And then the war happened. Oh, damn. What were they called? Like the, they met at a bar all the time. What were they called? Like the matchstick men or something weird like that? Isn't that a movie? It's a Nick Cage movie. It is. Mm. Nick Cage plays Tolkien in it, right? No, that's <laughs> not the right thing. <laughs> yeah, his greatest role yet. Yeah. The Inklings. The, the Inkling? Is that an actual name? No. Yep. Oof. Jarrow Token, C.S. Lewis, and other artists, like Corey said. That's pretty cool. So after uh, the depressing Frodo scene, Gandalf is uh, smoking his pipe again, and he's talking to Pippin about uh, service and how it's so quiet and how quiet is the deep breath before the plunge. And we hear a little bit about the uh, the Witch King here. Um, how do you how do you feel about the Witch King, Mikey? The Witch King. Okay, he's pretty much <laughs> the coolest character design uh, <laughs> of all time. He's fucking so badass. Awesome. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love the name. I, I love the witch. The mm-hmm. name of it. He, he, we talked. We talked a little bit about him on one of the other ones, like the design of the the ring race in him. But like focusing it on him, Mikey is so right. It's just, it's so freaking. So scary. Just, it's maybe the coolest thing Peter Jackson ever did is his design of that. It's so insane. Mm-hmm. It's got like, it's pretty much featureless. He's just a cloak with a crown and a sword <laughs> and gauntlets. So it's very minimal and very scary. And then like further ahead in the movie, it's also like my favorite death ever when he gets killed. Uh, so I just he folds in himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, so cool. So I I love the Wish King. Is this the same character that no living cisgender male can kill? He <laughs> slash him. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's exactly what Tolkien said. What I didn't understand though, this literally the same person uh, who stabbed Frodo at uh, yes Almon Hen or whatever. How come he didn't have the crown back then? Is the crown new for this battle? Upgrades, I guess so. We see him getting the crown. He got a promotion. It's a pretty sweet crown. I feel like he was just kind of hung over earlier. Didn't have time for the crown. It fell off. He's like, oh, oh, running out the door. Oh, where's my crown? Oh, shit, where's my crown? <laughs> How are they going to know I'm the witch king? <laughs> Is he the same one that uh, sniffed the air and made all the worms come out and couldn't spot the hobbits over that, like a, a single tree know. root? Hmm. Spider, I don't remember. I like to think that he was fucking with them at that point. Like, he knew. (laughs) (laughs) He knew. What are those winged creatures called, Brett? I don't know if they... I I honestly don't know if they have names. Is that part of, like, Saruman's power gathering? Like, they're riding horses earlier on because they can't, like... They don't have the XP to, like, upgrade to these flying lizards yet sort of thing? Wait, it's been like centuries and they are still riding horses, but in the course of two movies, they suddenly upgraded no, dragons? No, it's, it As goes we? deeper than that. It's uh, Sauron's mission for them was to be more stealthy, um, to try to look for the ring. And then when they found out that when he found out that Saruman was two timing him, he just said, get to the Shire right now. So Actually, like, if you look at Tolkien letter 253, it says <laughs> that the... 
the Nazgul went out and slayed a bunch of buffalo in the wild for XP and spent it all <laughs> on these creatures for this moment. <laughs> Harvest some pelts. Farmed yeah. a bunch of pelts. Buffalo never hurt nobody. <laughs> I do love I so I do love that shot though, Jordan, of like them just looking at Moria from the from the balcony. Yeah. There. And Mordor. apparently or Mordor, sorry, from the balcony there. And apparently um Pippin, the actor, is just on his knees when he's up against the balcony, and that's all like an actual shot. But like Peter Jackson was talking in the commentary, uh, he's like yeah, I was pretty tired at this point, and we were kind of done with the practical effects. I was like, yeah, just try getting on your knees. Perfect. Let's shoot that. <laughs> well, at the end, they have like a shot of uh, Gandalf, like patting him on the shoulder from like way up on high. And I was wondering, like, is Gandalf on a box or is he like kneeling down behind the the Palisades or whatever? Dude, it's so- there's something to this because I think in the f- in Fellowship, all of this stuff is like pristine. And I think you can see some of the strings here in Return of the King, especially extended edition. You know what I mean? He was tired. He just made two movies. So sleepy. <laughs> Pippin, I, I noticed when, when Pippin like hands off the orb in, in the first part, Gandalf's like entire arm is covered up by the robe. So you can't see that like their hands are like basically the same size. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know. He grabs it in such an awkward way. It's like, where's your fucking hand at, dude? It's like I, I'm putting this orb right up your sleeve. <laughs> There's one part where they have Pippin like on a lower platform, but they're hiding him behind a fence, like straight out of like home improvement Wilson, like hiding his face, like just they're just resorting to some cheaper tricks, it seems like uh-huh. at this point. <laughs> Pippin just waiting to give advice. <laughs> All right, Aragorn, you're gonna stand on this box here. Pippin. <laughs> uh put on some thicker shoes or something. I d I don't know. We gotta go. So, Stevie, yeah, I, I feel like you and I had a had a good chat last last movie about this, but we go back to Frodo, and this is kind of happen, happening simultaneously with uh, Gandalf's mm-hmm. uh, little stone chat with Pippin. Um, but they, <laughs> Gollum and Sam, are trying to take him up this very <laughs> steep staircase. <laughs> And he's like, nah, I'm just going to go into this Nazgul palace. He's going to the club, bro. He's going to the club. <laughs> <laughs> he he just wants to go. And last time, they had to cover up and pretend to be a rock. Um, but how do you feel about his uh, desire to take the easy road here? It just reminds me of that friend when you, people go on a night out. They got like way too drunk. It's like, hey, we're going home. They try to go into another bar. <laughs> and you have like friends running after him. Um but yeah, um, yep. they're at Minas Morgul at this point, which is like one of the coolest sets I think built in this entire oh, yeah. movie. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole. I wish trilogy. they could showed it more, but yeah, maybe they show it the perfect amount. It's the green and everything is awesome. Yeah, the miniatures they built in this movie are absolutely fantastic. Like the green they show is actual paint painted on by the set, like by the crew members. Ooh, nice. And they just put a room pretty much in entirely black, and that green glue from the paint uh like it it um seriously that's real yeah yeah i'm looking at it right now it's incredible yeah so they built the minas morgul scale in three different sizes they built it in 14th scale uh 20th scale and 40th scale 
that. And uh, they did it a ton. I mean, th- for the um, three movies, I believe they did a thousand shooting days for miniatures. And they spent a lot of time on Minas Morgul. And they actually built the bridge. They built the stair. They built three different sections of the stairs um, going to, what is it, Sirathungul, those stairs. Uh, they did a ton of practical work here. And this is like one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. Okay, Stevie, the set looks cool, but is this not a meaningless plot point? This is just basically a garage for the Nazgul and this army. Like we have no context for what's inside of that. I think it does a good story thing here though, where it's like the Gandalf can see the green, you know what I mean? And everyone in uh, Minas Tirith is reacting to it while Frodo's right there. It's like cathartic to finally see something that connects Frodo to other people at the fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I was a little bit confused uh, and Pappy, I'll, I'll come back to you here, but I'm a little confused on like the, the causation of like the green, uh, lightning bolt Frodo got too close to the club is is that what it is or has has Sauron like decided to send his dudes out and it just happens to like kind of coincide with the, you know the how, staircase crawl you know you know how, like when you're in a basketball game and they turn off the lights and the spotlights come on to introduce the players that's kind of what's happening here all we're missing is Michael Buffer North Carolina, <laughs> yeah. number 23 coming in at 10 foot 6 the witch king the witch king <laughs> I think it's just, I think it's an aesthetic thing. I think it just looks cool. Don't question it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't question it. It looks amazing, so. Fair enough. So, we, they do continue up to, up the staircase after they, again, just kind of barely hide behind some rocks. Um, and we get a, another Sam Smeagol run in. Frodo, like an idiot, thinks uh, Sam's just being a bully again. Uh, just being mean. Um, and then we do go back to a few other scenes so i'm trying to wrap up quickly here because i know we're cutting in on trivia time so gandalf gives one of my favorite lines maybe of the entire series but another opportunity for the people of the shire to prove their great worth and <laughs> pippin like just knows to climb this big cliff uh brett do you have any book knowledge on how to get across the importance of these uh, fire signals or is it just uh, the obvious thing? I think it's just, the Corey can back me up maybe, but I think it's just the obvious thing. They're just, it's okay. just a call to war. How how long has it been since they've been lit? Do you know? Does anyone um, know? No, I don't think so. Probably since... No living yeah. man. That hay was pretty dry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you gotta, you gotta imagine that that stuff gets rotated out pretty frequently. You don't want to get wet because <laughs> when it's time to go, you don't want to like deal with wet Some hay. Stinky, Come on. mold and stuff. Brady was talking about how boring that job would be. Just the hay guy? I bet it has great benefits. I bet it's a union job as well. <laughs> the mi- the mischief we get with this partnership, Gandalf and Pippin, is great. We got that comedic scene where he's like, don't tell Denethor this or this or that. And here we get that sly grin from Gandalf because he knows he's He's tasking him to create mischief, basically, right? And that's what Pippin is good at. That's his thing, yeah. <laughs> Use your one goddamn brain cell and go light that fire. <laughs> Even just like him looking up at the tower and then like when the guards walk by, he like 
do 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 like looks away and then like looks back up like oh he's got it he's got it oh this um, is smarter people <laughs> probably connect this right away but this is totally a callback to when he lit all of Gandalf's fireworks at the very beginning of the fellowship oh yeah good call good call all the inquisitive hobbits Peregrine took you are the worst hurry hurry and then we cut to Faramir and his crew real quick. That's it, right? That's a, that all you got, Joan? Uh, I think I'm in like 105 range. I've got like three more minutes. Ooh, that's the HBO Max. Oh, no, no. I, I didn't mean, I just meant the last <laughs> thing I see is the lighting of the beacon. So, Are you talking about when the orcs are pulling up on yeah, yeah, whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah. We've got some orcs and some, uh, some, dense, some dense fog. Osgiliath. But I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that scene because... Like, literally, the boats are 10 feet away, and you can't see them. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> the mists, bro. The scouts didn't warn them. Come is on. It, this is the first we get to see the um, Elephant Man orc, Gothbog, or whatever Gothbog. he is. Yeah. Marsh like Harvey Mello. Weinstein. <laughs> yeah. That's who it's supposed to be. They do look alike. No, that, Wait, that's really? Who, that's who he modeled it after, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> no fucking way. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. I heard Weinstein. that story. I didn't realize it was that particular one. Did that make it into the commentary? Uh, Harvey Weinstein was only going to give Peter Jackson two movies and seventy-five million. That's dumb. And um, two apparently, movies. a lot of broken promises later. Peter Jackson made Go- um, what is this Gothmog? Gothmog, uh, yeah. He turned him into Harvey Weinstein. He made him look like the most deformed, ugly piece of shit yep. possible. He's so gross. He did that on purpose. <laughs> AKA Harvey Weinstein. Exactly. <laughs> He does got the face craters. You're right. It does kind of match. And that wasn't even punishing him for his greater sins. That was just like a lesser thing. Jeez. He just needed that cane that he had in the courthouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's all we needed. <laughs> a signature cane. <laughs> <laughs> Little walker with the tennis balls on it or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> So anyways, then we get a big shot right before the end of my part of the candles being lit all yeah. across the countryside. Dude, oh, that's man. the best. That shot is amazing, though. And it's the score. Really cool. And oh, just yeah. the scale of it. And like like Brett was saying, like that would be such a boring job to live on top of a mountain. Like, I I love this. The light that beacons thing is as cool as it gets oh, yeah. to me. It's pretty cool, but we could also talk about Weinstein going from the age of 50 to 90 instantly when he gets indicted. I need to change my depends, please. Uh, yeah, Pap, uh, I like what you said about the sense of scale. I, I don't know, looking at this again, it's like, wow, they really know how to, like, make it look like that mountain is five days away if you're walking to it. And it's like, you know that they have done that. This whole movie is about them walking across the entire continent. It's, you just, you just like, kind of take in how hard it is. Mm-hmm. And the one they light with the people who are on it, like the ones that you see them light, that whole shot is a hundred percent practical. Yep. Like they uh, took so a cool. helicopter, flew up the little hut, dropped it off, flew up the big pile of sticks, dropped it off, and then that nice. shot is a real fire too. Like I think the only thing that's CGI is the little beacon in the distance, but it's so cool. Pat, did you it's hear awesome. uh, Peter Jackson talking about what a nightmare like shooting those mountains are? I bet. Um, I. I 
I think he said like his DP did it or something, or I don't yeah, know if they were just, just flying it around. Or, lots yeah. of gimbals, lots of gyro stabilizers, and pretty much trying not to get blown off the mountain. What's a gimbal? It's pretty like much a steady a, cam. He, yeah, he's the dwarf in this movie. It's gimbal. Yes, gimbal <laughs> <laughs> so Gumball. if you didn't have one, you would have like pretty much the helicopter shaking the camera nonstop. Like okay. the gyro stabilizers and gimbals really help the camera stay kind of that even keel. Is that like the like square thing that you see them holding outside of like the camera? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah, a lot of them look like just little sticks with cameras on them now that you see people mm-hmm. holding. Interesting. Um, but yeah, I guess my my chapter ends with uh, Theoden declaring that Rohan will answer. Finally. And, uh, Finally, Muster the he, Rohirrim. I love that line. Rohirrim. Um, <laughs> he, he gets over his Tom Petty bullshit. And uh, yeah, they light the candles. Let's go. I feel like it would have been like a, a tonal shift, but I feel like Stevie would have liked the scene when they were lighting the beacons. They keep lighting, lighting, lighting. Then they get to one and the little girl's like, Daddy, they lit the, the beacons. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And like, this <laughs> no. goes back to what he was doing. This goes back to milking a goat. Drops the matches in the snow. Dude, did you light that? I didn't light that. Who lit that fire? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> you toss your seagull in there? <laughs> Josh, we got trivia? Yeah, for sure. We have trivia. Oh, well, I, sorry, unless there's any final thoughts from the episode or the chapter. Fun chapter. I feel like this one, things are actually happening. We're out of Two Towers land. There's a lot going on. Into Return of the King Land. I don't think Jordan likes the Arwen scenes very much. We didn't spend much time. We didn't even talk about it. That's what I was gonna say. (laughs) I uh, don't feel like they have a lot of uh, impact on the current plot. (laughs) I want to say speak to them. Cool sword though. The thing about Lord of the Rings is that there's always these like moments peppered in of like. you see some elves like you see Elrond pondering or talking to some other elves in this case he has like Arwen and they're kind of like you know talking about things that should happen but like there's a beauty to the elf scenes I think even if they don't add a lot to the story this one I think maybe does more than others but even like stuff when you get Galadriel like her voiceovers to like some moments of just like kind of lapsing of time like it's a lot of it's the score Score is really beautiful, and there's a lot of like choir work when it comes to the elf stuff. I don't know. I just think it is. It gives me that Lord of the Rings feeling when I see those scenes. I, Corey, I agree. And so, to be fair, I'll go back to my uh, bullet points from the elves just real quick. Uh, the first one is that we get a shot of the flight of the Concords guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then guy. the second, the second bullet point that I scratched out because we skipped very quickly to. Uh, What's his name? Dinosaur. Um, <laughs> dinosaur. <laughs> Denver, the last dinosaur. The second bullet point was big speech from uh, from Arwen, and I said Awen at first because I. The names, right? There's always two characters that have the same name. <laughs> yeah, big speech from Elf Girl. Lift and they they remake the sword. Sorry, I did skip that. Yeah, making the sword's pretty important, actually. Ah. What's the sword's name? Well, it's called Narsil at first, but when it's remade, I think it's called uh, Elendil. Nice. That was his 
great-great-great-great-grandfather, Elendil, the king, is still the You just fucking dad. know that off the top of your head? I've been we watching all Lord of the Rings stuff it. all day, bro. <laughs> Josh, you did not know that. Come Here's on. where this comes into play with modern pop culture, though. We, we know about the MCU multiverse. We know about Zuckerberg's metaverse. We have Into the Spider-Verse. But Elrond... <laughs> Seems to have a little bit of a metaverse himself as he looks into the future. It's called the Elrond Hubbardverse. And <laughs> he's like, "You may have a child. I've seen a million futures, and in thirty of them, you do have a boy." <laughs> Nothing is certain. <laughs> Can I ask Corey a question real quick? Yeah, I wanted Corey to answer that one too, but yes. <laughs> okay. okay. My quick question for Corey is I don't think we've ever really talked about this on the pod. Corey, can you explain why the elves are leaving Middle Earth? No. No? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know the answer, right? So I have read the books. It's been a while. I don't remember them focusing on that in the books nearly as much as they do in the movie. I don't they even know if it's up. a thing in the books. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they say multiple times throughout the books that the age of elves is over, and they're pretty much just counting their, they're pretty much just packing up their crap and bowing out. Uh, it's it's pretty vague from what I remember. Why is though. it over? It's like the age of elves is over. It's like okay, what does that mean? Who knows? Like what? What? Like what's yeah, happening? I think, with I think it's God getting a little bit them? too. I think it's getting a little bit too real for them. Uh, I think they have a very little faith that good things are going to happen so they're literally all going to paradise where they can live immortally why didn't they just stay there in the first place why didn't they go there in the first place come on well you can't come back from there sounds great good <laughs> well, it's, it's a good i'll have more on like they're drinking elf margaritas listen to motley Crue. Well, yeah, Brett will tell us more about it when we get more into those areas, probably toward the very end, I think. I think for as elegant and beautiful and as prideful as the elves are, I think this is one of their biggest flaws, man. They gave up. I I honestly think there's a sense of like, yeah, we're sad and mopey, but ultimately we... we just franced out here. We gave up. Franced out. I love that. Franced out. Yeah. There's like a selfishness to elf culture, right? Yeah. France gave up slash lost so in five weeks so are the elves here to help man is that their purpose or no i mean they came over no. long before i don't it's kind of josh is kind of right they they've had pretty much everything handed to them they have a superior physiology they're immortal they're stronger faster better at pretty much everything but like yeah they stick to themselves i mean now keep in mind they fought a lot of wars in the back but man, man is a virus. They weren't given a choice. Pretty much, um, what's their heaven called? Valar or whatever? Um, uh, they were being summoned by them. And if they didn't leave, they would be locked out of heaven forever. Oh, well. Don't want that. I do think mm. there's, too, something about, like, the whole reason this is called, like, Middle Earth is, like, Purgatory. it's not the modern era. So, like, the elves had to, like pass out of existence you know what i mean like we went from middle earth to regular earth are you saying it's set on our earth it's in the (laughs) middle of the earth the thing is i think middle earth is flat oh you're one of those huh i don't think our earth is flat i'm not i'm a flat middle earther are you no it's it's not though 
there are real theories that there are like secret archives that very few people get access to. And of those few people, Tolkien was like the only one that could read these like super ancient texts. And there is literally people that Se- believe that secret texts. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> people think. People think there's like part of ancient civilization history wrapped up in these movies, like from him writing it from history. I I just want to put that out there because I think that's a really fun or theory. He just stole a bunch of stories from that have been passed down. There you go. I, sure. I need to, I need to know: is Middle Earth its own planet or is it a continent? I like the floating island pl- flat. That's a cool idea. Flat plane of existence. That's a- just like the 1300s, bro. They say we have. <laughs> it was flat, but the val- the valor made it round. I might concede that it's concave. <laughs> Can I have one more super quick final thought, Jordan? The shot where uh, Gandalf is riding up um, Minas Tirith. You know, and just going like row by row by row. That's so yeah, yeah. fucking cool. That's the coolest thing. Ever. When they like pan up, it, that feels like a helicopter shot as well. When they're like just pulling away from it, the whole layout of that city seems ridiculously yeah. impractical <laughs> to have to walk down those layers. <laughs> but it looks so cool. I love it. Hey, I gotta Mikey. go. I gotta go. Yeah. Where to do my yeah. laundry? Oh my the god! First floor. <laughs> so many stairs. <laughs> Mikey, right here it says Middle Earth is the main continent of Earth in an imaginary period of the Earth's past. Hmm. So okay. it's just hmm. a continent, Not like a main. Pangea. So it is real. Not what I wanted. I wanted a <laughs> floating island in the middle of space. <laughs> yeah. Pappy, with Gandalf riding up like that, I think that's just like, he's really is the hero of our movie so far. Like, he's featured so heavily in Return of the King, and it feels so good. Oh he's yeah, like, like, he's like Chris Pratt. He's so cool. He just, we didn't even talk about when he like started smoking weed, and he's came, he came back as Gandalf the White. So I guess he has like baby lungs, and he's just like coughing up a storm. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a pappy taking, before we clean up the tracks. Basically. He's taking big rips, man. Well, I imagine this is just a ceremonial position. I mean, they don't actually expect me to do any fighting. Does they? You're in the service of the steward now. You'll have to do as you're told, Peregrine Tuku. He's hitting the dab right, right off the dude. bat as Gandalf. <laughs> so I, I meant for this episode to be a little faster to show us the meaning of haste, but it's yeah, possible. running on 50 minutes, 5-0 right now. So We're Josh, only going to be able to do one of these tonight. Josh, take us away, my man. The good news is we're talking about or the good news is, is that it's a real fast trivia, but part of this section is we're talking about Middle Earth and this huge force that comes out and so many people are killed in Middle Earth because of all these battles. And it got me thinking about when have really bad things happened in human history. Oh, no. So hmm, why you guys you may be that? familiar with the name Genghis Khan. Um, Genghis Khan. You may be familiar with the name... John Wayne Genghis Jilin Khan. Anyway. <laughs> my question for you guys tonight is when the Mongols were at their peak. 
Historians <laughs> guesstimate they killed this percentage of the entire world population. They were known for conquering hundreds of cities and villages. Um, we are going to go in. We're going to actually go in like a thoughtful order this time. We're going to go. Stevie, you're the ring bearer, but you have to go first today. You have the most points. You're in the lead. You got to <sighs> You got to You got to set the bar here. Don't worry. You'll get plenty of advantages from Josh's trivia. I'm oh, sure. yeah. 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 Fuck all of you. Um, <laughs> we're a fellowship. Whoa. Dude, yeah, that was broken bro. two movies ago. Um, so percentage that Genghis Khan killed. Genghis. Is that the right? The Mongols <laughs> wiped out. Like, I think it's just crazy to think about historians guesstimate it as a percentage of the total world That's population at that ton. time. So, so it's not the number of people, but what is that percentage? <laughs> do I have to do it like on the whole or can I do point? Metric tons. Are we doing whole numbers? You can, I'll, I'll say the nearest, the nearest tenth on this one. Okay, cool. Mm. Um, tenth. Wow. Tenth. I will say nine point four percent. One million spies. Nearly ten percent of the world's population. Brett. Oh crap. You are tied with Jordan in second place with three. Let's see, so I took over almost all of Asia and then got into Europe. Uh, I'm gonna go with fourteen point seven. Jordan. Uh, I'm gonna go nineteen percent. Damn. A solid chunk. Pappy. Big. What was he doing? Spreading the word of the Bible? Good God. Percent of killed? That's yes. the question? Yes, it's insane. Yeah, probably way too high. You guys are insane. You, what the fuck are you talking about? Guess like, your guess, Pappy. Josh, enough editorializing. Okay. <laughs> 2%. 2%. Two, 2%. Percent, two, two percent. Pap's a big 2% hey. milk guy. Hey. <laughs> All day. I can handle my milk. Mikey. I may have gotten carried away. <laughs> That was mean, Pap. That was mean. <laughs> Sorry. You're the ring bearer. You said fuck <laughs> you. Uh, I'll say 5%. Corey, you guessed that a giant squid's eye was two feet long. <laughs> <laughs> no one's upset about it, but you have a chance a here. Big eye. You're just trying to shift the uh, attention off your whole wolf thing. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, let the record show that Josh saw a wolf weighed four tons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is growing. The legend is growing. I think but. I guessed about two times what it actually is. Not that bad, really. Um, I think I understand how to win trivia now. And it's to ride on the back of Stevie. Yep. <laughs> 10.5. Damn. Hmm. Drum roll or something like that. We don't need a soundboard. We got Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Receiving five points tonight for being the closest is Corey. Totally redeemed himself. Oh my God. He figured it out. He hacked the game. The percentage of the world population is based on 
they think somewhere between 37 and 60 million people in Eurasia were, were killed by the Mongols, which is 11% of the total world population at the time. Wow. Mm. wow. I think somebody owes us an apology. Yeah, Josh. Who's, who's that? What do you have to study for yourself? Uh, you. Happy for saying we're all stupid. <laughs> well, listen. We'll see who's holding the ring at the end of the day. What does this trivia have to do with Lord of the Rings? I don't... <laughs> also, I had a question exactly like this on the Mulan trivia. Like, almost word for word. I should have done way better. <laughs> yeah, go back and listen to it. It's the same question. Then why didn't you get this why right? Why didn't you get it right? Because I'm, I'm stupid, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pappy, you got actually last place. Yeah. Corey, hey. you got first place today. Um, if you've been listening... It's a pretty close battle right now, and at the beginning of chapter three, we'll update you on the standings. What are the standings? So, Jordan, go ahead and take it the rest of the way. <laughs> what, are, what am I supposed <laughs> to take? Hell? This is spoilers. Uh, happy return of the king. Shell. <laughs> <laughs> Special thank you to our patrons, Nick, Brother Brian, Matt Troll, The Meg, David, Nurse Stacy, Druid King, If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. This is my first command to you. How did you escape and my son did not? So mighty a man as he was. The mightiest man may be slain by one arrow, and Boromir was pierced by many. Get up. My lord, there will be a time to grieve for Boromir, but it is not now. War is coming. The enemy is on your doorstep. As steward, you are charged with the defense of this city. Where are Gondor's armies? You still have friends. You are not alone in this fight. That was spoilers.